Welcome back to episode three of the New Levels Coaching Podcast. My name is Lewis Moses, I am your host, and in week three, I am joined yet again by my lovely other half, Mrs. Gemma Hillier-Moses. Welcome back, Gemma. Thank you very much. So I'm not hosting this time. I am letting the host, um, giving you the hosting duties, and but I'm really excited to talk about a topic that really means a lot to me this week. Injuries really means a lot to you. <laughs> Is that how we do it? I hope it doesn't mean a lot to you. Does injuries mean more to you than I mean to you? Is that what we're going with? I think it doesn't mean a well. It does mean a lot to me, but it means a lot to me in terms of helping other people because I've been through a lot of injury struggles myself um, over my running career and still going through them. Um, and I think there's a lot to reflect on, talk about, and learn. So yeah, that's Understood. what I meant. <laughs> I have got you, Gemma. Yes, we will go on to running injuries. But yes, welcome back. Uh, we are going to talk all things coaching and running injuries in episode three. So if you are tuning in with us again, either on YouTube or on our, on our podcast, we are now on all podcast platforms, which is great. So download if you can and, and listen in, tune in. We want to provide you with lots of inspiration and education from the coaching world so you can literally go away and run with it. So where to kick off? Before we go into running injuries, Gemma, I want to go. I start. want to start on a positive because running injuries often aren't seen as positive <laughs> things. Um, give me a little bit about what you've been up to over the weekend. Bear in mind, this is going to go out in just over a week's time. And we're on the 19th of September. I should remember that day. It's my sister's birthday tomorrow. My dad's in three days. But what have you been up to? Wow. Well, yeah, I've had the most amazing weekend. So in my other life, I um, founded and I'm CEO of Move Charity. And we had an amazing Three Peaks challenge this weekend to raise money for Move Charity. But we had so many people basically changing the way people live with cancer. And we had people who were going through cancer treatment, friends, family, um, completing the Three Peaks challenge. Some people just doing one peak, two peak or all three. We had young people who've been through our Move program um, finishing the Three Peaks challenge and going back into chemotherapy on Monday. So I get, yeah, it's a great perspective to have, especially going into this conversation, but and very, like my heart feels so full after this weekend and it shows what is possible and when people set themselves goals, what they can really achieve despite having so many challenges and setbacks along the way. There were some inspirational videos coming through, it's fair to say. I was over in Switzerland and the scenery was stunning. Uh, and all of the scenery is stunning in Yorkshire, I may add. Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Um, it was very different. Wind and howling rain, I could see from the pictures and images that you were sending through. Yeah, and we didn't actually, we couldn't see anything from the top. It was completely cloud covered. So the, the guides are saying it was better than the week before, which would have been like, you know, ridiculously hot and really difficult. So actually conditions for hiking were brilliant. Um, I also didn't realise 24 miles over 12 hours. Well, we did it in actually 10, 10 hours 30 with my mum and dad. So very proud of my mum and dad for completing it in that time. But how much my legs ached and how exhausted I was afterwards. Well, we were talking about the elevation. And um, if we actually calculated the rate, which I might do after this podcast, it would be a fair rate you were moving at. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think if we, you know, you'll talk about trail running and different things. But I was like, oh, it's only 1,600 metres or 500 metres. We did that in Verbier when we did the trail race but walking it feels slightly different because you're on your feet for so long but also sometimes it's the gradient of the elevation so I think it's just a bit a reminder to myself not to underestimate some of these challenges and elevations because I definitely think I did for the three peaks challenge well that's a podcast for the future all things elevation change and gain and descending those sort of things 
and the different types of mountains you can climb and you can find find here in the UK. So a big well done to everybody who took part in the Three Peaks Challenge. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as Gemma did. I know she came back buzzing. And yeah, quick shout out to everybody at Move Charity, which Gemma is the founder of, but is stepping down as CEO very, very soon. And yeah. um, we'll be full time with New Levels Coaching, which is, yes, definitely our gain. End of, yeah, end of this week. But yeah, thank you for giving that airtime. I feel really proud after this weekend. So I didn't expect to talk about that on the podcast. So thank you. Well, I thought we'd better share it. Share, <laughs> share some positivity before we go into this whole negative thing around running injuries, you know. No, it's not negative. The, the love of your life, running injuries, <laughs> which I've just found out. We have a very close relationship because it happens a lot. <laughs> very true. Very true. So to set the scene and, and to put a bit of perspective here, uh, I am obviously Gemma's partner, husband, and worse half, as people like to remind me from time to time, or all the time, I should say. And I am actually your coach as well. So I coach you towards your goals, which we're still kind of discovering and talking about what goals and challenges you yeah. want to go and achieve in 2024 and some in 2023 as well. But as you mentioned, um, injuries have been uh, a big part of your running life. Uh, illness as well obviously with the connection to the to the charity uh, Gemma was diagnosed with cancer in 2012 at the age of 24 so that obviously took a, a chunk of the time out of the running world for you as well uh, although you did still run and move against cancer in a very very powerful way but it's fair to say that you wanted to come on and and share a little bit more and give a little bit more of an insight into how to deal with running injuries and I don't mean that in just a physical sense also in a psychological way as well so how do we mentally deal with injuries and maybe how do we mentally break that down so I'm gonna hand over to you first off Jen why did you want to address this topic in so much detail rather than just brush over it mm. as a lot of people do with injuries yeah I think it's really important to look at this as injury and setbacks because um, people do have setbacks in other ways as well as injuries some people have prolonged illnesses or illnesses that set them back and coming back from those so it kind of comes under that back kind of backdrop around injuries and illnesses um but the reason I wanted to talk about it was because I've just been through a recent setback and I it was really difficult and I really struggled and so I said to you Lewis we need to do this podcast like I wanted to do it quickly so that I could still talk about it having still felt the emotions because I think sometimes we get through our injuries or setbacks and forget about how that felt and so I was really passionate about talking about it. And I, I did an Instagram story and I had so many people message me saying, thank you so much for speaking out about an injury. Um, looking forward to hearing about it, more detail of the podcast. And what I realized was there's so many other people like me out there who need help and support and need a way to deal with injuries. And I think that basically, I think social media makes injuries really difficult in terms of comparison and looking at what other people are doing. And I think there's a lot that's going on at the moment around more and more training that you need to do. And you kind of forget to focus on yourself and your journey and where you're going. And we often say comparison is a thief of joy, but actually also comparing to our former self or our past self can actually also be really difficult. Um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to come on here and have a real raw and honest and vulnerable conversation about it all. I think you make a really good point about comparison. And I think that's probably one area that I never really struggled with too much is um, I didn't used to compare myself to where I was before when I got injured. And I think that was a way I dealt with injuries quite well. I didn't get too caught up on that because I always used to see it in a weird way as a chance to upgrade yourself. I used to see it as an opportunity to learn from what had happened and grow. 
yeah. and and get better i guess in in some ways i used to see it as if you sometimes fix a problem you can make a structure stronger and that's how i used to see the body but I, I do feel a little bit sorry for people um and particularly younger athletes now because when we were competing at a higher level when we were younger, obviously you're still competing at a high level now, but when we were younger, there wasn't things like Strava, social media. So I wasn't too bad at not comparing myself to myself, but now you've also got this almost like this whirlwind of information where you can compare yourself to other people. And I think that's one of the biggest problems as well because you can go online and see what everybody else is doing and that can get you down. And sometimes that is also a, a false representation of what's actually going on because, as we know with social media, a lot of the time people only put up the good stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting. I don't know whether it's just the Brits and whether I'm stereotyping the Brits, but kind of suck it up, get on with it mentality. And that's why a lot of athletes don't really share the ups and downs. And athletes who are performing well often have ups and downs. And I think... When I went through this recent injury and setback, which, you know, I thought, you know, I was just going to chop off my leg because everything was that bad. And then <laughs> today I'm doing a session. No, I've got a broken leg. <laughs> this is like a week ago and then today's a session. Yeah. So um, but it shows with the way catastrophizing and what, what state your mind goes into. But I actually, we watch UTMB and um, Tony McCann, who won the OCC and Jim Walmsley, who won the um, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc. Um, both had big, big setbacks before they actually competed and won the races. And in their fairy tale stories, it doesn't always happen like that. But one of the things I learned was actually looking at other people and reading about their setbacks. And I got from Tony's story, I listened to a lot of her podcasts, and I made a purpose, conscious effort to go and find the podcast that she'd done post OCC. And it really helped me to go, okay, she did six weeks on the bike. Like she had four weeks in prep for the OCC. Like that's not, she had to redefine the way she looked at her training before a race. Like she had to have a bit, and she says it herself, it's like a bit of bravery, trust the process and then like believe in yourself and see what happens. And I think some of that looking at other people and actually having a bit of evidence there can also really help. But I don't think we have enough of that. I think we see the perfect story, the perfect training camps, the perfect process towards these races. And people don't talk honestly and openly about the dark and hard times. And I, I also know how hard it is in that moment to talk about it. So even if you get it after those races or after the season, that's fine because I know how hard it is to bring it all to life when you're going through it. Like you don't necessarily want to share it, but it is important because those two athletes have just from what they've posted and what they spoke about in podcasts have really, really helped me over the last couple of months. I think there's a couple of key takeaways there. And if you are listening or, or tuning in at home, I think there's there's some inspiration you can take there from, from firstly, um, a, a run into a goal race doesn't have to be perfect and often it isn't. And you shouldn't expect perfection. What you should be looking for is progress over a period of time. But what those examples demonstrate there as well is is quite often we've seen this a lot. And I've seen it a lot with athletes that I've coached over the years at any level, whether that's a recreational runner, whether it's a runner getting into running for the first time, or whether it's right at the top end, it's elite level. But what we see is, and I wouldn't say it's a trend, but we do see it from time to time, that people have setbacks in the later stages of a training block and they actually perform really well into the race. And I'm a big believer in if you trust that you've done the work and that you're fresh going into your, your goal race, you can still run well even if you've had a setback. And we've seen a lot of examples of that recently with, uh, like you say, the UTMB, Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. But also there's, an ex I think, a lot to take away from your example about 
not just sitting back and not doing anything and not speaking up about it. Yeah. I think a lot of people stay silent and coaches are guilty of this, including myself, where sometimes you think an athlete's injured and they don't need as much communication because they're Mm -hmm. not on a training plan. And quite often they need more communication at that point in time. Like, what is the plan? What is the plan of attack? And that can be really hard for a coach as well because that sometimes they feel a little bit lost and, and they don't want to put pressure on the athlete either to, to make them do something. And I think that's where it's a really important point you make. There's got to be communication there and it's got to be twofold. Yeah, and I think when I went through, I think we we personally, I recognised even more so quite recently, deal with injuries and setbacks very differently. I think when I had cancer... I dealt with that better than a lot of my running injuries, actually, because I think I had a diagnosis, I had a plan, I had tunnel vision, and I knew where I was going and what I wanted to do. I think that I actually, especially this running injury, really struggled, and that's why I wanted to talk openly about it, because one of my friends, Paris, hi, Paris, (laughs) if you're watching or listening, um, but Paris is a clinical psychologist, and she talks about a life journey being like ups and downs, And you have different chapters of your life where mentally you'll deal with things very differently because of circumstances, life stresses, age, things that go on around you. And I think that I'm at the grand old age of 35 (laughs) coming in. Veteran now, (laughs) master's athlete, you've joined the crew. I know, and that about killed me thinking about being a vet until when we went to UTMB Verbier and I came um, third overall, but first in my category and I got a better prize for coming first in my category. I was like, yes, I just turned a vet. (laughs) So it was, um, yeah, a really good thing. But but with this injury, I um, everything was going really well. I had I'd just done a 22 mile run and I literally felt amazing. And the pace was great. Um, how I felt was brilliant. And then the next day my foot just swelled up and I was like, oh shit, I can't walk if I can swear. Excuse the language. <laughs> this is what I've got to deal with. But I was like, oh shit, I can't walk. And then I booked in with the physio and I, I thought it was a stress fracture. I was like, I've literally got a stress fracture. Pain in my foot. Um, quite bad pain I've got a stress fracture went to see Mark Buckingham who is amazing and he he was like I don't think it is I think it's ligaments and I came back to you and I was like for the first time with Mark I wasn't convinced and my mind was like I've never felt my mind in such a tiz (laughs) because of it and I remember I couldn't I couldn't relax I couldn't stop thinking about it literally 24 hours a day I was like because I think I was in such great shape I was coming into a block where I wanted to run well in my next marathon because my last three I'd had difficult experiences. We'd booked a 50k in Sweden, which cost money and flights and everything. And I think my mind just went into total meltdown. Um, And usually when I have an injury that happens for two or three days and I journal and I get through that and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, So I went back to my normal processes of journaling and reflecting a um, bit of distraction, went to a spa with my sister and the thoughts and feelings were still there. And I was just like, this is, I'm I'm really struggling with this. And I spoke to you and I said, I'm not dealing with this very well and I don't want to feel like this. Um, and actually, so I reached out to a sports psychologist. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna cough. Um, I reached out to a sports psychologist because I was like, I've had, I don't have like ridiculous amounts of injuries I've had really good periods of time when I've been running but each time I've been injured I don't think I should feel the way that I do even for a couple of days like I spoke to you before and you said Gemma running shouldn't be the thing that makes you happy 
And I and I remember going. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me stop you there. <laughs> Running shouldn't be the only thing yeah. that makes you happy. Not not the thing that makes <laughs> you happy. There's a lot of things. My point was, there's a lot of things that can make you happy and contribute to happiness. Yeah. And running shouldn't be the only thing. If running's taken away for a period of time, you know, you shouldn't be as. My view, just my view, is you shouldn't be as down as you're getting. But clearly, you were, and you couldn't help that. Hence, why you've reached out for some help. Yeah, and I think when you say, yeah, running shouldn't be the only thing that makes you happy. When you said that, I was like, oh, God, I think running is the only thing that makes, not the only thing. I'm not doing a good job, am I? <laughs> no, but I think a lot of people would be able to understand because we use exercise. Not It's not just running, actually. It's exercise. Like we use exercise for mental health benefits. We use I use exercise to challenge my mind and body. It's being like adventure, challenging myself and being active is one of my core values. And I went through cancer treatment, exercise saved me, it saved me mentally and it saved me physically. So there's a lot bound around running and exercise. And I think because I couldn't answer that question wholeheartedly and said, actually, when I'm not running, I didn't feel as happy. Like I had moments of happiness, but I didn't feel as happy. I think that's when I got to a point of, I read so many books, I journal, we have so many conversations. And I was like, actually, I think that now I need to work to a sport with a sports psychologist and be a bit vulnerable and, and actually figure out what is the best way to deal with this and what tools, because maybe I haven't developed the best tools in order to deal with it. I think for me, uh, and relating this to sports psych in some way, and I'm not a psychologist, I don't claim to be at all, but I do love mental fitness and, and mindset work. I think it's really important yeah. for people to do. Uh, and I'm glad that you're working with someone. I wouldn't even try and work on that with you because it's not my space. It's not the thing that I do. But I do have chats and, um, you know, people are vulnerable. They do open themselves up with me as a coach. And it's important to listen. And I've done some really good work uh, with with a good friend of mine and a lady called Wendy who had um, a study. And I, I participated in that study. And that was about coaches having that relationship with athletes and being a little bit more open. I think that's really important. Uh, so thanks to Wendy for that. That's really helped me as a coach. But one thing I always remember S Steve Peters, for those of you who don't know Steve Peters, uh, he is the author of The Chimp Paradox and he's very well well renowned in the sporting world, working with people like Ronnie O'Sullivan and still does, I believe, had a really big impact on Steve and Gerard. And I remember him having a conversation with, I think it was Gerard, I'm pretty certain it was. And it went something like, you know, what, what you're going to do after football. And, and Gerard hadn't really thought of it. And, and what are you going to do if you don't win the Premier League? And and he hadn't really thought about it in his head. And Steve Peters just said to him, well, you're never going to win the Premier League. Like, and just put it to him. And it's like putting to you, okay, well, you're never going to run again. And if somebody puts that to you, you have to then learn how to deal with it. And I think sometimes with you, and I think for a lot of people who are listening, it's often the hope that kills you is things like running that you mm. love. It's when you get that taste of success again or when things are going well and you get excited and it's that hope that it kills you in some ways. And I'm not sure it's the injuries as much you've got to deal with. I think it's the setbacks when you are so close to that bit you want to be at. Yeah, because that is really interesting because I always say to you, I do usually have after an injury three or four days where my mind's a bit all over the place and then I settle if I've got a plan. And that is one of the, you know, one of the ways of coping with injuries is to have a plan, which I don't think I had initially with this one. But your mind settles and, and, you know, I've been out for a year before and I've just got used to that way of life and I'm happy, I am happy. 
Um, but like you say, sometimes, yeah, it's that you get back to being your best. Like I'd had my best session. I was like, oh, we're rolling now. This is amazing. And then I think because I'd had an injury, quite a bad injury, um, a stress fracture in the November and built back up to the marathon. And I was like, here we go again. <laughs> I was like, can I go through this? And I spoke to the sports psychologist recently and I was like, I just catastrophize. I think, you know, I'm at the age where there's lots of, I'm going through life changes. Like I, I was leaving the charity that I founded. We're at the age around, you know, people having kids, friendships, life, like, you know, there's lots of changes going on. And suddenly you just catastrophize and you're like, well, like, I'm just going to give up running. I'm just going to quit. I can't have this in my life anymore. And it's like, no, it doesn't really work like that. Like running is an important part of your life, but it just has to change sometimes. And, and injuries, I think it's also acceptance that injury is part of the process as well of being a runner. Well, it's it's part of that grieving process, isn't it? You know, yeah. they, they talk about those scales or certainly phases of, of grief when people go through like denial and then acceptance. And that's kind of what it is with injuries, I feel, with a lot of runners, they, they go through those stages. But one thing I try to tell athletes often is when it's yourself, you're not the best at dealing with it and giving yourself your own advice. Yeah. And, and I always say this, I know it's harder, it's, I guess it's easier said than done. It's a lot harder to put into practice. But I often say to people, look, what advice would you give somebody else if they were in your situation? And I know fine well, if, if you were looking at it from a bird's eye view of your situation recently when you were injured, you'd have looked at it in the same mindset as I was looking at it as a coach and the same way as Mark as the physio was looking at it and would have thought, this isn't a stress fracture it's not presenting as one. There was no symptoms to really suggest there was one. There was a few little things that were, were kind of red flags, but there wasn't enough red flags to say that it was. There was in my mind. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the thing. It felt like it was, but, yeah. but it felt like it was, but yeah. you had me as a coach saying, actually, no, it, it's not. It's not presenting as one. You had Mark saying it as well, but you taking your own advice, wanting to take your own thoughts and feelings, were saying, no, no, they're all wrong. When actually, if you logically sit down and said, if you were talking to somebody else, you'd probably look at it and go, actually, it wasn't. And I often think that with anything, with an injury, when you get injured, if you just speak it out loud, the advice you were to give someone else, okay, what what are you going to do now, now you're injured? Yeah. What do you want to do? That's the advice you should be giving yourself. And so many people don't take it. Yeah. And I think what's also really important and what I came to understand as well and why I wanted to talk and work on this um was was around like the psychological impact um that presents physically so like once you have that stress and tension like your recovery process um massively decreases so if you are recovering from an injury like you need to do as much as you can to take away that stress because your cortisol levels just rise like I got I got too great migraine because of the tension in my brain that I put down to worrying over injuries and this is why I think it's the worst I've actually felt but like you say it's probably because I'm getting nearer to my goals and that's just happened but I wanted to I think a lot of people need to think about when they are going through injuries actually how do we speed up that recovery process how do we mentally relax and switch off and we will talk about later the tools in order for you to be able to do that but I think what we do have is a lot of fear of like, I'll never get back to where I was before. That fear of like missing out, getting more and more away from our goals. And I said this to you, I said, I find it really difficult because you, in life you need purpose and you need goals, but you set goals, you make yourself vulnerable because you're working to achieve them. And then when they get cut from underneath you, 
um, it's really difficult. But what I found is that, and especially recently, I've been doing quite a lot of work on this, is that the path to our goals doesn't isn't linear. And actually, there are there accept that there will be lots of ups and downs, and your training won't look like somebody else's, and doesn't need to look like somebody else's. But you can still get to that goal or adjust that goal if needed. Um, and I've been back running a week, and I'm like, oh, life's amazing again. <laughs> but it's also me remembering everything I've learned during this period and taking it into that next stage because I've had four weeks off. I've had two weeks off running some cross training and I did a session this morning I was like oh I'm not that unfit but the but the way of training has just changed but the goal remains the same yeah I think the biggest thing for me to pick up on there and I think to to give as a message to people who are tuning in is um a lot of people set themselves a goal and I think you should have goals to work towards absolutely it doesn't to me it doesn't mean that you're going to achieve every goal that you go after life isn't perfect and that you know that comes in line with some of the truths that I've put in place with the the psychologists who I've been working with over the last sort of six months or so that one of my truths how I understand life is life isn't perfect you aren't always going to get what you want that's just the way things are and I accept that um but the biggest thing for me when you set a goal is you go on an adventure you go on a journey towards that goal and I guess this is what frustrates me with people apologies if you fall into this category but I frustrate myself at times is So many people set themselves a goal and they go on this journey to achieving this goal and they go along. I'm actually going to use Gemma as the example here. (laughs) Sorry, Gemma. Um, So Gemma had a goal to, you know, run a marathon personal best last year or whenever. And uh, well, no, we'll give this specific example. She was going to attempt to run a marathon personal best in, in Manchester last year and then Valencia last year. And en route to that marathon, of running a personal best, which she still did run a personal best in. It wasn't as big as a personal best as she wanted. She also ran a personal best in 10K, a personal best in the half marathon. We had a really good training trip away. We, we went to some amazing places. We met some amazing people. And just because you don't get the one goal that yeah. you're after, everything else is forgotten about. Yet we sit here on social media, we reshare and we preach and we go, it's not about the goal, it's about the journey. And then when it happens to us and we're all guilty of it, we can't then deal with that. And I think it's a reminder to everybody that practice what you preach. Like If you're going to set yourself a goal and you're going to go after it, you're going to fail. And it's absolutely fine to fail from time to time. But along that way, you have to celebrate your wins as well. Because if you don't, what the hell are you doing it for? Like yeah. You can't just have one goal and just go, oh, I'm just going to be defined by that one goal. Absolutely not. You've got to have things, little goals along the way, little achievements, but also celebrate things that also fit with your values, like meeting people, exploring adventure, because they're all part of the journey as well. Yeah. So you're going to remind me when I have, you're going to remind me to listen to you a bit more and to listen back to episode three and just go, Gemma, just listen back to the episode and then it'll tell you everything you need to know. I think it's easy yeah, to right. forget though. No, yeah, you're right. It's, e- it's easy to forget and it's easy for me to forget as a coach because as a coach, you become hung up on it as well. Yeah. You become hung up on that big goal. You know, I've got people at the minute who've had a big goal who are going to go to European Masters and maybe they've become injured. What One one of the athletes I coach, Chris, and unfortunately he's got a really bad injury injury they're not even going to go out there anymore and I know he sat there at home absolutely devastated and the coach is devastated as well but it's easy to forget how many medals he's picked up on the way and also how many personal bests have been run in this last 12 months yeah. but because and all of a sudden your world comes crashing down 
But do you know, I think with that as well, there's there's lots of different ways you can deal with an injury. And I, I think this is why I actually, when in November when I was out with a stress fracture in my um, fibula and we started French lessons and one of my values in my life is challenging my mind and my body. And for that seven weeks, we had French lessons every Tuesday night and spent two hours. And actually, I think that's why I dealt with that injury quite well, because although that's usually related to sport, I was able to relate it to learning a language, which massively challenged me. And I still don't know the French at the moment. But again, it's and um, Ben actually messaging on our Instagram when I put about, has anyone got any reflections or questions around injuries that we can cover on our podcast? And he said, actually, learning a new discipline or skill or a hobby um, that can help you with your goal, but not. But if you're not able to do it because of an injury or an illness, like what other things could you be focusing on? And he said like cooking was really good because he learned how to cook, he learned new dishes, and then that was able to benefit his running as well. So there are different things that we can work on when we are injured. Um, and so I think that's really important to remember as well. Yeah, and, and there's different, like, like you said, different skills. There's also different sports and activities. Like sometimes when you're injured, you can cross train. Yeah. And I know cross training can, people, some people can find it boring. And I get that because I fall into that category. But one of the best tips I can give with any form of exercise or cross train that you don't like is the motivation comes from action. We hear that a lot on the high performance podcast. Yeah. Like once you start taking action and once you get into a routine with it, it's amazing how addictive it becomes yeah. and how you start enjoying it and how you can then start to fall for something that you didn't really think you enjoy. I'll be honest, at one point in my life, I didn't even like running. I didn't. I was yeah. like, it was a it was a sport you did at school for punishment. They sent you around <laughs> the cross country field and it was like, oh my God, I've got to go and get cold and wet and miserable. But I was quite good at it. I was winning. I quite like that factor, but it wasn't what I wanted to do every week. I wanted to play football with the lads. Yeah. So actually you can fall in love with things by creating habits and then you see what they lead to. So don't be afraid to try new things as well if you can. But I would say as well with injury, you know, don't <laughs> if you have to rest, like see that rest. You talk a lot about it a lot. Mark, the physio, who we both regard very highly, see it as performance recovery. Oh, that was a game changer for me um, during one of my other injuries. <laughs> I have had some running in this period and a lot of mine are biomechanical carbon shoes has been a recent thing. So we've worked all that out. But perf- but reframing is really important. So what you tell yourself and what you how you talk to yourself internally is incredibly important, especially going through injuries and just generally. But Mark said when I had a long period of time off running, he said, um, reframe this to performance recovery. So that when you get back running, you are well fueled, you are stress free and you're excited and motivated to run again. And it's exactly what happened. Like I followed exactly what he said. I was in a real positive frame of mind and I got back and I was loving running. And yeah, it just felt so much better. So I think focusing on its performance recovery, not, oh, my God, I've got a rest and I can't run anymore is um, super important. And I'm going to give a bit of a shout out to Tomo here, Chris Thompson, who's a very good friend of mine. I actually forgot to mention Tomo as one of my coaches in our, in our episode one. You know, Tomo was a coach of mine. Uh, he kind of transitioned from John Nuttall and was brilliant. He's more like a mentor coach to me, a really big influence on both of our lives, as is Gemma, his wife. And they've got little Theo now. And a lot of people tuning in will know who Tomo is. Um, but Tomo, for me, was a man who um, he had his fair share of injuries and he still does. I've never seen anybody deal with them in the way he does. And what I liked about it was he he saw running as his life. Uh, and it, 
it is a little bit different in a sense of it was his job as well. But it wasn't always his full time job. He sometimes had to work around it too. Um, but what he what I thought he did, which separated him from the rest, was whether he was injured or whether he was running, he treated it exactly the same. He put everything yeah. into it. And what I find with a lot of people is they'll put everything into it when they're running. But the minute they get injured, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this, guess what? The chocolate comes out. We go on like almost like a bender. It's like, all oh, right, I'm going to go out and get drunk. I can because I'm not running. I'm going to go out and I'm going to stuff myself. I can because I'm not running. If anything, it should be the opposite. It should be, I'm not running. I need to be a little bit more careful now. You might want to go and enjoy yourself for a couple of days, like you say, and go through that grieving period. But actually, he just treated it exactly the same. No, I need to still be at the top of my game because the better I recover and the better I do this, the stronger I'm going to come back. And I love that attitude. Yeah, and I think that's the the opposite to the catastrophizing when you're like, life's over, everything's done, give me ice cream, give me chocolate, get me out in that nightclub. I think, like I was saying to this um, psychologist Sarah I'm working with, that's that that's what sometimes goes through your brain. And that's okay if you have a day of that. It's if that becomes prolonged. And and that's when your goals, like you may still be able to get back. So like me this time, I didn't have a stress fracture. I just had some tight and, you know, inflamed muscles which were causing a bit of stress around the bone. And that, you know, I went to see Mark last week. We started running and I'm back running now. And I, you know, I walked 24 miles with no issues on, on Saturday. So it shows that if I'd have just thrown everything out of the window I'd be further away from my goal that I can actually probably get to now like I'm you know I'm hopeful now Kulmanen Kulmanen <laughs> that 50k that I'm doing somewhere in Sweden um is possible so I think but that's why like we listen to Tomo and we you know we've known him for years I've seen him when he's injured working towards the Olympics on our ski machine for 90 minutes and we had him at the trail retreat um in in the Lake District and that's why listening to those stories and sharing them and, you know, experiencing them firsthand by listening to them is so important because I get so much inspiration from that. And I think that's why I was so keen to do this podcast because I just feel that people need help. People need to see it. People need to see it's not linear, but you can still be working towards your goals and also to understand how you can potentially deal with them as well. I think there's also an element of realising that you don't just have to be an elite athlete to take inspiration from elite athletes anybody at any level can take inspiration from anybody I learn so much from people we work with and that's just not from the top coaches in the world the top physiologists the top physios that we've spoken a lot about today it's also from the people you work with and people are always watching you and people are always paying attention Um, and you might be inspiring somebody it might be that they're learning from you as as you go but my point here is that you know, don't be afraid from uh, don't be afraid to learn from people right at the top end of the sport, because for me, they are the the people who are doing it the best and they are showing you the way of how to do it. Yeah. Take what you need from them. I guess this is the idea of this podcast, really, is we want to give people tools and techniques and our learning so that they can go away and think, actually, you know, what? that applies to me as well. That That is resonated with me and I know exactly what they're talking about. So why not take it and run with it? 
Yeah, and I think as well, just because you're not an elite athlete doesn't mean running doesn't mean so much to you. I think I speak to so many people who running is a such a powerful tool for their lives and they do need it. So sometimes when it's taken away from them in different ways, that's why it can be it can feel really difficult. But don't ever underestimate, like don't think, oh, I'm not an elite athlete, I don't do this full time, so it shouldn't mean something to you. Because we've all had those friends that are like, why are you not drinking? Like, because I've got a long run to do tomorrow. And they're like, they don't really care. But you've got enough people around you and a community around you to, that also does care about that running. So that is a normal thing for us runners to feel. And it's okay for it to mean so much to us as well. Absolutely, it is. Why not? If you're putting so much into it and it's a thing that you love doing, it's like if you don't, uh, at the weekend we were aware, uh, yeah, like I say, this will be put out in kind of a week and a half's time, but the weekend just gone, I was in Switzerland and it didn't go according to plan for everybody out there. Some people had some really good races, some people didn't, and some people got a little upset with that and that's absolutely fine. And yeah. in fact, I prefer to see it because it shows you care. Exactly. If you, if you didn't get upset, you wouldn't care. Uh, I'm conscious that, that we've had a few questions sent in as well, or questions, observations. I mean, do you want to throw them at me? Because I don't know what they are. So you might be able to put me on the spot a little bit here. Yeah. So we've got a couple of questions. And then what we'll go through, what we'll go back to is just kind of a few pointers around how you can actually deal with injury. Because I've got quite a nice flow <laughs> that I've established. A yoga floor. You're not going to get up and start moving <laughs> around here. You can't move around in the granny flat. It's it's not big enough. <laughs> An injury flow. Um, but yeah, just have a look at... So one of the questions actually was sent in from Jen, who's part of Team NLC. Um, so Jen says, as a coach, do you see more injuries that happen um, more often than others? So certain injuries that happen more often than others. It's a really good question. Mm. Um, I think there are a few running injuries that, that uh, often happen that are more common than others. I'd say... SIJ and lower back problems. Oh, I had that down on my first list because that's what I get, <laughs> biomechanical issues. Um, SIJ is probably, yeah, one of the biggest ones, um, particularly with women. Yeah. And we see a lot of that. Knee problems, and the knee is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, knee problems and sometimes people with meniscus issues as they get older. Yeah. And that isn't because running's bad for your knees. It's often a result of either not enough strength work or repetitive loading that's maybe a biomechanical issue or something's gone gone wrong. Um, running's actually really good for the knees if it's done correctly. Um, and then the other one, uh, in fact, I'm going to nick another two, uh, Achilles tendinopathy is a really popular one. Uh, popular, I think it's a good thing. That was my number two on my list. Okay. <laughs> and the dreaded, oh, can I throw another two in? Uh, plantar fascia, plantar fasciitis. With the, with the foot, when the feet gets really tight, it feels like you've got a kind of stone in your shoe. And I guess linked to those same areas down the bottom, the lower limb, shin splints. I mean, you've covered the whole body. So you've basically covered all I bases. Know, yeah. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> the most common running injuries? Uh, running injuries aren't that common, but, but we have all of these. What's left? <laughs> Nothing. Um, I think as well, when you were talking about the meniscus stuff and the aging, I think... I think as people get older, they don't respect that you do need more recovery. So when we work with older athletes, like you're not training like a 20, 30 year old anymore. You actually need more strength training than when you're in your 20s because you are going on it. Not this sounds harsh, but you're going on a downward <laughs> spiral in terms of losing that strength. If you don't use it, you will lose it. So that strength work as you get older is super important, but also recovery is even more important as you age. Um, and then my other one was around stress fractures and around underfueling. We see a lot of that, especially in younger athletes, um, but also in the general 
population of runners because underfueling is a big a big thing at the moment. I'd say that is a more popular elite athlete injury. I see more mm. stress fractures at the top end than I have since working with people online and um, people who would class themselves as more re- recreational runners, mid-pack runners. Um, I definitely have seen more stress fractures where people are pushing boundaries at the top and maybe not fueling correctly. Not that I haven't seen them with people that I've worked with online, but I'd say the percentage has been higher um, and they're more common with those people at the higher level. Yeah, and I think stress fractures are also not that can be a lot under fueling and you need to rule out what's causing stress fractures but biomechanical issues as well cause stress fractures I definitely had mine from a biomechanical issue um but also we're we're seeing more and more injuries and this is probably another topic error in itself because of carbon shoes and I speak to Mark Buckingham who's my physio and um yeah he speaks about that there are a lot more injuries coming from not being able to cope with wearing carbon shoes and wearing them a lot so um that's a whole new conversation <laughs> for another day. We won't get onto it in this one. What I would say before we go on to the next question is yeah. um, often you find with individuals is they get reoccurring injuries of a similar pattern. If that's the case, you need to try and find a solution yeah. because it's probably that you've got a weakness somewhere or that you're in the wrong shoes or something is wrong. What it's telling you is if you're getting a repeated injury, that something isn't quite right. Uh, and that's what I would say about often the, your most common injury is pointing to su- certain faults or weaknesses that you might need to address. Yeah, and I guess on that point, I did that actually. I had a fibular stress fracture, which was due due to the drop in biomechanical issue in my foot. Um, and we decided to go to Belgium, um, to the runner's lab in Belgium. I'm not saying everyone go there, it's expensive, but I was able to get tested on different force plates, um, looking at biomechanical movements in my body, and I was able to get the right orthotics. Um, and yeah, and that's been a real great game changer for me in terms of that type of running injury. So sometimes you have to look at the biomechanical things as well. Don't just look at the problem, look at yeah. the cause of, of the problem. Yeah. Okay. Other ones? Brilliant. Um, next question is, um, so how do you get over the feeling that you will never get back to where you are? Where you are or where you were? Where you were. Where you were. Yeah, that where you say, were. Where you are. I'm like, <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I don't think I can answer that one. Where you were. Um, where you were. I think it's about breaking it down. Uh, for me personally, how I used to do that is I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get back to where I was. I'm trying to get better than that. That's the, that's the first thing I used to tell myself. Why would I try and get back to where I was when long term I want to be beyond that? So I'm trying to get to a position beyond where I was anyway. And I always go back to how did I get there in the first place? So what did I do that helped me get there? Because you did small steps and, and processes to get you there in the first place. And sometimes it's about repeating those steps. But what I would say is it's not trying to do it quickly. You've got to accept where you are. You've got to have a plan in place to get you back to where you want to be and accept where you are. Because the biggest mistake we see is people trying to be somewhere they're not. Yeah. And they're trying to be back where they were straight away accept where you are and if you accept where you are and train where you are that will get you back to where you want to be but always look to the future and think once you're there how can I then go beyond that rather than just thinking I want to be where I was yeah good good answer to that question and I think that um 
I always say, and this is like my mantra, the comeback is always stronger than the setback. So use past evidence. So I have a lot of past evidence where I've come back like and been a lot fitter and performed better than I had previously. And you can use evidence of other people as well. But I think, like you said, there's a lot of patience that's needed, focus on the process, not trying to get ahead of ourselves um, and have those milestones in place that you're that you're working towards. Very much so. Good quote then. Yeah, I know. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> and I think as well, like psychologically working on your self-belief. Like I think I haven't quit running yet because I still have that self-belief that I haven't really achieved what I want to achieve yet. And I may or may never, never achieve that. But deeping and work, deep diving and working on your self-belief is really important. So like you said, looking at that evidence, but also ha- putting things into action will help with that motivation moving forward. Definitely. Action comes before motivation, as we said earlier. Yeah. Oh, lost me a bit there. So I guess the last, um, I mean, I think there might have been more sent in while we've been on air, as I call it. Um, but the last one is more a reflection around sometimes people struggle. Um, so Molly sent this in. Sometimes people struggle with injuries. And um, sometimes you do, well, often you have to go back to your why. So why you started. And I think a lot of people get obsessed with pace and time and performance and even within sessions um we were discussing around like we try and teach a lot of our athletes to switch off from that and you actually run a lot better when you're not obsessing with those sorts of things so sometimes it's having a bit of freedom with your running this was molly's reflection around having freedom with your running not obsessing over pace and remembering why you actually started will probably help you relax a little bit more and actually do better i think yeah and i'm gonna expand on that and, uh, and as you often say you say oh there's there's lewis and then there's like brutal lewis and there's a different side but you often say that you should you should express yourself more and be honest so i'm going to be honest um i think a lot of people in the running world also need to be honest with themselves and what i mean by that again sorry jim i'm going to use you as an example because you sat next to me um you're just throwing but, me under the bus here aren't you no i'm not i, I, could, no, use, I could use myself as an example i've done it many a times but i just know this is a working example right now but i think we can all look at ourselves and we can go oh i've got injured again oh it's not my fault oh i'm struggling oh, i'm struggling with running um and really if we take a hard look at ourselves and we go Okay, and Gemma mentioned, you know, I was flying around that 22-mile run, but I know as a coach that 22-mile run was too fast. Um, And it wasn't, it was done too fast because she was feeling good. But the week before, I also know that she did too many drills and contacts as part of our performance retreat at Loughborough. And as a coach, I should have been aware of that. So I should have had an honest reflection and gone, okay, maybe I should have adjusted the plan. Which I was coaching, by the way. That's why I did too many. Yeah, it was Three hours of that, yeah. But we, we should have thought about that. But then when you're feeling good in that run, you're like, oh, I was trying to hold back. And, you know, I just felt great. And I was like, mm, it's maybe a bit too much. I should have ran a marathon on that day. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like you felt great and you were buzzing. But then the next day, oh, the foot's starting to hurt a little bit. And then it's a knock on effect of that. Yeah. But I think we can all reflect at times and we can go back to our why, like Molly suggested there, which is a really good point. And it's a really good point. Why do we do this? And... Quite often, are we staying true to our why is what I would ask Mm. yourself. Are we doing the things that we live by? Are we doing things sensibly? Are we doing things correctly? And are we living by that why? And a lot of the time, people will have a big cross somewhere in one of those boxes. And you've got to be honest with yourself and say, am I doing everything right? Or actually, is there something I could be doing a little bit better? And it's a very hard conversation you've got to have with yourself. And you've got to ask yourself those questions. 
but it does yeah. work. And that just triggered actually for me um, around we don't we always look at just the training and running. And we don't look at what else is going on in our lives. Like, where are the stresses come from? Because um, I went to see an amazing physio in um, in Ireland called Jaron Hart- Hartman, who had worked with Paula Ratcliffe. And he basically said, if you have that prolonged psychological stress that could be from work and other areas of your life, it will find your weak points, whether that's back, like um, whether that's an injury, a disease, an illness, it will find it. And so we've got to, we're really quick to look at the things that are going on in our training plan or our, within our running without looking at going, what are our stress levels in other parts of our life? And it's like, people don't want to rest and recover because they're like, oh, I should be doing this and that. And then, but you've got lots of family stuff going on. You've got lots of stresses at work. Have you actually factored that in to your whole training routine and environment and said, actually, this is all a bit too much for me now? And I think you are absolutely right. Having that honest reflection is super important. And I think when you have an injury, an illness, a setback, a bad race, I think not a lot of people reflect because if you spend even an hour or two reflecting back on the process and and the race day itself or the injury itself, you can then learn a lot more in the when you're going forward. Otherwise, if you don't reflect, you just keep making the same mistakes again and again and again. And there's something to, to be said for sometimes it's it's nobody's fault. It's just it just happens and that's one of those things. But sometimes there are things we can look at where you've like you say had stressful periods in your yeah. life where you do need to look at it and go, I was probably trying to do a little bit too much. I was burning the candle at both ends. And sometimes people need a bit of help with that to recognise that. But if you can start to recognise that yourself as well, it's about not being afraid to change things. It's about not being afraid to go out and smash things. I read something recently, which was it's why a warm up is so good before a session, because I mean, warm up's got its benefits for me. Someone once argued with me. If you're listening, by the way, I hope <laughs> you are listening. Um, once argued with me that warm ups aren't beneficial. They were just looking at it purely from a physiological standpoint. Mm. Warm ups are benefit uh, beneficial mentally as well, and you can't measure that. And that was my point. You know, if it, if you feel like a warm up works, absolutely it does. There's a lot of physiological benefits too. Um, but one of the things within that uh, written piece was that a warm up allows you time to think. And yeah. if you're not feeling right and you just think, actually, I'm knackered today or something doesn't feel right, why not go away and come back another day? Because the warm up allows you to do that. And that's what the Kenyans are really good at. When I went out to Kenya, they were exceptional at this. If something wasn't right on one day, they'd just say, no, doesn't matter. I'll come back another day. If the weather wasn't right, they'd do it. If it was raining because the trails get really kind of uh, horrible and sludgy and the the clay kind of sticks to the bottom of their trainers, they were laughing at us as Brits because we're like, oh, no, we're going to miss a day (laughs) of training. They're like, I don't care. There's always another day to train. And it's such a good philosophy to have. I'm not saying skip training every day because you're not going to get there. But what I am saying is, be honest with yourself. If things don't feel right, if you're absolutely knackered, if you're too knackered, if you're too fatigued, why not just cut it short? Yeah, and I think that's a good point as well. I've learned a little bit about this. So I knew that, so I do a lot of my sessions in the morning and um, I knew that because when I get to the end of the day, I find it hard to put a full stop on my day and go into a session without thinking about all the stresses or all the work that I've got to do. And I'm fine if it's just an easy run, but if it's a hard interval session where I need to be switched on, I find that very difficult. So we do our sessions in the morning and I found that really useful because I've got no 
like kind of added stress from the day I'm, I'm up I do my reading I do my journaling I get ready for the session my mind's free and it works really well for me so sometimes it's adapting things to figure out what works for you not what you see other people doing absolutely because I would have said that I used to be maybe not so much now I used to be the opposite I used to like my sessions in the evening because it was the opposite it put a full stop on my day at work and then I could go home relax switch off from work and then go into kind of session mode so I liked it the opposite so it shows it it's not one size fits all it's working out what is right for you well I think we've covered a lot there have we got anything else to cover you've got an injury floor but you're gonna have to be really quick (laughs) with this floor because (laughs) yeah you're gonna have to rattle through it no yeah but it's important as well I just wanted to basically summarize and this is a good way to summarize everything we've been saying this is Gemma this is Gemma telling me Lewis I'm right you're wrong let me do what I want to (laughs) do let me host Um, but basically a summary of how you can just a key seven key points on how you can deal with it just 74 (laughs) key points right okay off we go seven key points Um, so we don't have to elaborate on them but number one is social support um, and connection so that is known psychologically to be really helpful when dealing with an injury but often when we are dealing with injuries or setbacks or challenges we want to avoid people I had some of that in the last month of social avoidance I didn't want to go see anybody I didn't want to do anything but actually it's really important to take those steps towards being sociable so that's number one um number two is to reformulate your plan and understand your milestones so again don't just catastrophize and throw everything out the window sit down with your coach or yourself and rethink about what that plan ahead looks like and how cross training and different ways of getting there can also be helpful or accountability partners, friends, family, whoever it is. I know people sometimes have feel bad that you know they've booked something in and they have to change it and they have to sit down with the family. Don't be afraid to have those hard conversations. They care for you as much as you care for them. Yeah. Um, number three is develop different skills. So we've talked about this, about learning the language, learning cooking. Like look at, I mean, we do a lot around work around values and I'd highly recommend people doing it because you're able to make decisions that fit with your values. Um, but definitely learning a different skill. And I know you're going to come in with something. I was just going to say, we, oui, madame. Oh, okay. I was going to thought see, you... See, fitting with a French theme, but yeah. <laughs> I could see Lewis just smiling there and I thought you were going to say, Gemma, you need to learn to cook or clean. Well, but... <laughs> there was that as well. But no, it was just because I was trying to think of a joke in my head. So it was obviously coming out that way, presented in my facial expressions. <laughs> but no, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus with the cooking and cleaning you've kind of done that yourself (laughs) um and then number four and I think this is this has massively helped me looking at successful comeback stories whether that's your own which is also really important to look at yourself Mm -hmm. um but also others so I think we've talked a lot around that watch Rocky Um, number five is around your values. So for an example of me, if like we said, if challenge is one of them, then reframe that about learning something new that might not be physically challenged, but could also be mentally challenged. And I think on that reframing, how you talk to yourself is super important. What you tell yourself is incredibly important. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in perspective. I'm going to throw that one in there unless it's already on there, but I'm hoping it falls into reframing perspective um there's people go through a lot in life uh, some more traumatic than others and i i am actually really good at this and i know a lot of people aren't uh, but often when i'm injured i just think or something goes wrong i just think there's somebody out there who's in a lot worse situation than myself and i know a lot of those people at certain times where they've had to go through something traumatic and i always think of those people and not in a bad way because i think we've got to learn from from each other and other people's experiences so yeah perspective is a big one for me yeah Um, And then number six is about optimism. So this is linked to recovery. So trying to 
if that positive mindset is really difficult, a bit like what I did, it was finding it really difficult. So I needed help. I needed to change something mm -hmm. um, because it's linked. Optimism is linked to successful recovery. And if you keep those cortisol levels high and you're stressed and you're ten tense, that's only going to prolong your recovery period. So it's important to get on top of that very, very quickly. Yeah. You shouldn't spend weeks or months in that state. Um, you've really got to work on that. Um, okay, and then number seven, the last one, um, focus on the process during the injury and when you start back up again. And I think we talk about focusing on the process in general, um, but switching off from things that make you think about the outcome. So spend less time on social media, spend more time just focusing on yourself and that process and taking pride in that process and happiness of being back running stress-free and, you know, enjoy, enjoy that comeback as well. That was the only thing I was going to add to it is say, we talk a lot about focusing on the process, but enjoy the process as well and link back to my point earlier it is an adventure it is a journey the goal is just the destination but there'll always be another destination it's like when you go on holiday you enjoy the holiday there's, there's usually another one around the corner yeah so enjoy the adventure enjoy the journey it's gonna have setbacks along the way that's fine that's all part of the process and it's fine to get upset from time to time but do enjoy and embrace that process as well as trusting it but uh, ultimately give yourself a process to follow because if you're trying to get somebody somewhere, we always say if you've got a map or, or you put something in your sat nav, you've got a destination, but you've got no roadmap of how to get there, then how are you going to find it? Uh, and likewise, if you're just on this little journey and you've got no goal there as well, you've got no destination to head towards. So think about a goal as well as a process and that will also help, particularly when you're on your way back from injuries. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you for kind of um, letting me jump on this Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> You're going to, Lewis is like, you can't come on everyone, Gemma, but I really enjoyed doing the first one. I was like, oh, I could do this more often. Um, but I just want to say, I think it's a really important topic area. I really hope it's helped people. Um, I also want to say it's don't be afraid to reach out for help. Like Lewis works with the business psychology for the business. I work with, I'm working with a sports psychologist. Like you, it doesn't, sometimes you just need help and you need to be vulnerable and admit it. And I think, we're still not at that point where we want to openly get help. So don't be afraid to get help, talk about it, you know, get in touch with us, share your reflections. Um, but yeah, I hope, really hope that's helped people. Yeah. And from me, just a, a kind of final message as well. One book that really helped me uh, or a, co a couple of books, I guess. One was uh, Peak Performance by Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg. Yeah. It talked a lot about this area and, and how you deal with that. Um, and then the other one, I think it was the Dina Castor book. Yeah. yeah, yeah Let Your brilliant. Mind Run Free, I think it's called. So a couple of book recommendations there for people are audible if you like listening to things that I just found really helpful with um, kind of breaking down and, and how, not breaking down, but how we break down our own thought patterns and how we look at injuries a little bit differently and uh, how we can learn from other people. So that's everything for this week. That's episode number three. So hopefully you've enjoyed episode one, two, and three now. Uh, as we are launching this, we will be in Rome to watch the Ryder Cup. I am excited for that. That is why we're doing back-to-back -back episodes this week. But we hope you are enjoying your training. We hope you are enjoying your racing. Marathon season is very much in full flow. So if you've started, whether that's in Berlin, you've got Chicago coming up or one of the English marathons such as Chester or Yorkshire that are coming up in October. We wish you well and we wish you well with whatever you have planned, whether that's running, triathlon, walking or whatever, whatever adventure you're on. Tune in again in future weeks. We hope you enjoyed the episode.